This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff are going to have to deal with me going full hambo in this build-up to Wolves at home on Sunday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, who listened to the review show? Heskiff, Hambo was one angry boy, wasn't he? Yeah, I wonder if he's calmed down. It's been a few days. I was uh, I was a little bit worried for his health halfway through that. <laughs> you know, when he was probably halfway through his second bottle of wine as well. <laughs> Not so good for him. Uh, Albert, there's nothing quite like an angry Hambo, is there? There's not, but I'm hoping you're going to get somewhere near that. When you say you've gone full hambo, I didn't know if you meant the, the being bald and having diabetes. But <laughs> you're thinking of, I'm assuming it's just on the angle. Thinking about going full levels. hambo, it sounds kind of like a euphemism of some kind. How would you go full hambo? I dread to think. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, that's not a pic- that's not a picture you want me to paint. <laughs> nice, nice, smooth head with a really hairy. Uh, I don't know. So, so something along those oh, lines. God. Uh, we love you really Hambo but um, do you know what do you know what it was kind of like I felt like um, everyone who was trying to talk to him was Boris Johnson on this tour in a country that he's doing at the moment and everywhere he goes and he tries to say anything it's just like, people telling him he's talking horseshit <laughs> I was, I was ha, ha, DR DR was trying to say something trying to make a point that's horseshit DR <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> poor, poor old um, review show. Guys, you can come and seek refuge over here if um, you want to get away from his bullying. So just just drop, drop it. In. It was the angriest Hambo's ever been since we played in the cellar sixes, whatever it was called, and the referee told him, mate, you're not allowed to play with your glasses on. <laughs> I mean, shit went off that afternoon, and I never thought I'd, I'd see him rise to that level of anger again, but... Turns out a terrible performance at Spurs is, is all it terrible takes. Terrible performance against Spurs and one bottle of wine and someone whistling outside his window. Oh, yeah, yeah the wine helps. <laughs> An ang- angry Hambo is kind of like the, the honey monster, but the honey monster was evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Hambo. Hope you're um, enjoying this on your drive into Wolves at home, which you will probably... 
I was trying to think of a sugar puffs <laughs> diabetes thing, but no. Nah. Yeah, no. Well, diabetes isn't fun. We'll leave that alone. Uh, That's my granddad. It sounds like we've already been doing this, but let's start with this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken. That shit. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Now, Albert, you got me kind of horny before we started actually recording here by telling me you, you've been drinking Camden wow. Hells. That's, I have been to the pub, pushing the home, pushing the boat out a bit, lot. aren't we? You go just experiment in there with a little bit more um, something fancy on the beer side. Mm. Yeah, in the pub. <laughs> what yes. you got now? <laughs> However, Heineken. Yes, the good old. Um, Thank you. A good old staple and um right uh, Heskith, uh, i assumed you would be coming home from another bad day at work but um you you you've had the day off i have um i missed out on a, an amazingly fun away day in my current job because i'm leaving my current job in two days um and the idea the thought of going on a day trip to egham and having lectures from nine to five about the job that I'm leaving in two days didn't really sound like too much fun. Um, so I stayed home and waited for a bookcase to be delivered, which was infinitely more fun. And I assume that gave you some good ample time to buy a nice, crisp, sparkly beverage. Um, I bought some multivitamin juice <laughs> and it was delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, wow. This is. Yeah. And I'm the one that gets grief. Yeah, but listen, it. if I said it was a multivitamin IPA, <laughs> they'd be all over it. So let's not go too far. Yeah, a bit like that IPA was all over my laptop last week. Um, <laughs> thankfully, Any it's, repercussions of that? No, it's, it's still working. Um, seems like it's a good old sturdy beast, this one. So, yeah. And what about the laptop? <laughs> sturdy beast sounds like something else you'd drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. From the Peckham... Brewery bastards. <laughs> Sturdy beef. Um, talking of work, work lectures, I was at one the other day and this guy who works in my company uh, started talking about how he used to own a microbrewery called Peckish, which, uh, do you want to hazard a guess at where it was based? Egham. <laughs> it sounds like Egham. Peckham, obviously, it was called Peckish. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well there, there you go he, that's how he introed himself at the conference with a picture on the um on the screen of his peckish beer never had it maybe i'll have to ask him for one see if it see if he'll come out of retirement <laughs> sponsor sponsor the podcast or something um right we'll talk about palace but we'll we'll avoid talking current palace and um sean scannell has been interviewed by matt woosnam at, at the athletic this week uh, Heskiff, he said he didn't dive for a penalty again when he was playing for Huddersfield at Sellhurst. It was a work of fiction, was it? <laughs> he said um, he might have gone down easily, but there was contact. And uh, fair play to Matt Woosnam, he asked him, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so, that, I think that was the whole problem at the time, wasn't it? We were all like, you could have stayed on your feet. Yeah, there's a bit of contact, but it wasn't enough for a penalty and you could have stayed on your feet and in front of the Homesdale, you should be staying on your feet. Yeah, it was more, I mean, I was, I really liked Sean Scannell and it was just more like of a disappointment that he'd do it. But I suppose, you know, at that point, if he, if he felt there was contact, that's why he's gone down. But yeah, it was a dive. Yeah. But he said um, it didn't matter because the penalty was missed anyway. And of course, it was saved by Spironi. And someone else who saved penalties in his time was John Burridge, Albert. And he's, he said he hasn't retired yet. I eat right. I'm in bed early. I'm the same dedicated budgie that I was. They say, what's it like in retirement? I say, I'm waiting for a phone call. I'm waiting for somebody to ring me. I haven't retired yet. Um, do you remember that time we had him on the podcast? <laughs> yes. Um yeah, and it's that that leads me to the conclusion that he doesn't think that he's retired, but a part of him has definitely checked out somewhere along the line. Mm, yeah, I'm sure he does a lot of checking out in Eastern Asia. Was that on The Athletic as well? No, that was actually on the official Crystal Palace website they interviewed him. I love it that there's this, this, 
<laughs> you have to go behind a paywall to find this deep, insightful interview with Sean Scannell, <laughs> lamenting how he would justifying going down in the area at Sellers Park. It's like yeah, he, he obviously talks that. about other things in the interview as well. Um, just talks about uh, you know how he never wanted to leave Palace and. Uh, um, you know, he had the only time he'd been outside London was for away games before he uh, went up to Huddersfield, and I'm um, just, just just talking about just his journey in life. But it was all sort of based around him being the um, everyone probably thinking he was Lionel Messi because these South London and proud posters were covered all over South London with him on them, or born in South London as they were then. weren't we all? <laughs> weren't we all well your son was and he was born in Watford yes he's not on the podcast when I say <laughs> we I'm not referring to my son who's in bed either of my sons who are in bed thank you I'm talking about us <laughs> um, well listen look, if John Budgie Burridge is going to come out of retirement or not retirement as he is saying one thing that might help him to keep going is Monster Energy Drink Heskiff the official energy drink supplier of Crystal Palace Football Club <laughs> You're the king of the segways today, mate. Absolutely smashing it. Yeah, it's because I've um, drunk four cans of Monster and I'm just wired. Are we sponsored by Monster as well, Crystal then? Palace are. We aren't. Oh. I was going to say, don't get it, don't let Hambo anywhere near it. I think that'll tip him over the edge. <laughs> Honey Monster. Although, speak, speak, speaking of, speaking of, um, we haven't covered the fact that DR's been banned from Fenerbahce. Yeah. For being a this, this is true. Um, he might have been on the Monster Energy drinks himself, but he went to a Fenerbahce game last week and um, he received an email which he reliably informs us because it is written in Turkish and we're not quite sure that he has been banned for one Fenerbahce game for um, foul and abusive language. Um, Albert, you'd love to see it. I, yeah, I mean, like I say, we'll, we'll take his word for it. I, I don't think I've ever heard DR swear. Um, certainly on the podcast or on national radio when he's on national radio. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he knows more swear words in Turkish than he does in, in English. I don't know. But I, was, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't angry, but I was disappointed. Now, of course, the, the crazy thing, obviously, about this is that um, it's a one-game ban in Turkey where he no longer is. So <laughs> it, it doesn't really affect him in any way there so uh well there you go but well 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 done dr i don't think that's i think that's quite right but anyway there's obviously going back to monster been a lot of um you know this isn't the best thing to be having do we really need an energy drink supplier you know kids down these things that are not really that good for you and so on so very very strange one indeed uh but talking to the kids under 23s you pointed in this to me, abject. Abject, I've called you by your Twitter name there. Yes. Oh, peeling back. It was just a little plug. That's what it was. Uh, Thanks, so man. there's been some under uh, under 23 frustrations. A few players talking about um, feeling like they've been stuck there for too long. Yeah, uh, it was. I think it was in one of the sort of South London Press or one of those sort of sites, um, and it basically interviewed four or five of the players in the under-23s who were a bit frustrated that they were still playing for the under-23s um, and hadn't been sent out on loan. They were, you know, they said that Kirby last year was was at Blackpool and he said, it, you learnt a lot more because the players that were in your team, you know, the bonuses meant a lot to them. You know, they weren't getting Premier League wages and it was a bit more route one. So he had to learn, you know, the importance of the game and, and how to, to change his style. And he said that, you know, you don't get that. You can be comfortable at under twenty three level, and it's not really that competitive. And Kean Flanagan, I think, was another one in there who was saying the same thing. Where he, you know, Richard Shaw, who is the coach of the of the under twenty threes, was saying really they should have two years max in that side, and then and then look to go out on loan. And you know, if if they are sort of kicking their heels as it is, and they're public about it, and even their coach is saying that they shouldn't be doing it, it's a bit bit of a worry because. Um, you know, we're trying to be pushing the, the new funding into the academy and all that, but the players that we've got, who are supposed to be pretty good, uh, are not really feeling any benefits yeah, well, of it at all. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, especially with the ones like Nia Kirby who are close to breaking through. Uh, we've 
gone and signed a bunch of centre midfielders that kind of blocked their pathway. And it was funny that the under-23 players in that article were talking about blocking the pathway of youngsters beneath them because they've been in the under-23s for four years now where it should be younger kids coming through. So, um, And it seems even more ridiculous when we're blocking their pathway um, with players that Hodgson won't even play in midfield, you know. It <laughs> sticks um, Jeffrey Schlupp in there instead. So, I don't know. But on the flip side of all that, uh, Richard Shaw has said, Albert, that we might have the next Ian Wright on our hands in Rob Street. That sounds quite promising. Yeah, that's very, a very good um, point, Red and Blue Army. Um, <laughs> number one. Um, I think that, I mean, just going back to the, the, the previous point about under-23s, not that I'm an expert in, in all things... You know, transfer related, but no, that would be Matt Woosnam who's behind the paywall now. Well, there you go. Um, to go to go on loan, don't you need to be kind of inquired about and asked to go on loan? Like it's like me complaining that I'm not working somewhere that I haven't. You know, no one's asked me to go and work at the new Tarantino film. Well. How do you know they haven't asked? Um, <laughs> like you know, yeah, but they haven't. Um, I think he retired. Yeah, like you know, if 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 they were, and I'm not having a go at them, but like I said, I don't really know the ins and outs. But if they were that good and people wanted to take him on loan, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we have the have the offers? I've not read the article. Are they complaining that offers have been turned down? Um, no, so the, the, they sort of suggested it might be as much their fault as the club's fault. But you know, you should fight, be finding ways to get them out. It shouldn't be a struggle to be able to get them out to teams. But you know, at the same time, teams were rejecting Aaron Wambasaka on loan before he broke into our first team. So mm. you never know what those those teams down there are thinking. So, oh, I knew Ian right. That sounds good. It does sound good. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's not talking about the pathway because I think Rob Street's been around for a while now in the youth team, but there you go. So we'll see how, well, if that ever comes to fruition and see if he actually ever gets a chance. Right, um, I've got a, just had a tweet come through here. I asked on Twitter for, is there anything else you want us to talk about? <laughs> because um, we don't really want to talk about Palace. So why I'm pulling this up, go Albert. Um, full disclosure, I click that button. <laughs> uh, Albert had his hand up in our internal <laughs> system there, which suggests he wants to talk. Oh, what an image. What an image. <laughs> anyway, Thomas Lopez on Twitter has said, random topic, topic, how Palace fans who live abroad can be even more Palace now than they already are. Living in the States with a few Premier League fans around me, a Palace fan, but for a few in Washington DC, doing my best to make my local bar a Palace pub. I, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> so, so basically, basically, nary means not many. Oh. I think in Scottish talk. So basically, he's like, there aren't that many Palace around, but he's trying okay. to drum up support. Thomas, I think. I try living in Watford, mate. <laughs> Thomas, apologise if we've got that completely wrong. Terry can pretend he's pissed and I can I don't have that excuse. I've got too many multivitamins. So if we've got that completely wrong, sorry, but well done for Sporting Palace. To be fair, I am drinking a 7.2% Ruthless IPA Palau. No, Ruthless India Palau IPA. So Albert, it's called Jackhammer. Of course it is. <laughs> and it's from Brewdog. I, I forgot to go out and get new ones. So I'm literally down to the dregs at 7.2% on a Wednesday night. You've been saying that for weeks. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've only, I'm down to the last. This is the last one. And then <laughs> next week, cut two and you're talking some other nonsense about some other <laughs> beer. Oh, I swear this is the last one. I'm going to get some normal beer soon. Oh, and this is Fandango. It tastes of grapefruit and it's 6%. Like... <laughs> Uh, full disclosure in the fridge I have a Heineken and two punk IPAs and one more jackhammer left so that's it those are those are just somebody write that down and hold it those are it. Out, those are out of Sainsbury's so <laughs> nothing nothing special for the next show I will go out and get some new ones you can all send me your suggestions of good ones obviously not bad ones and um, I'll, I'll, I'll have a I'll have a try of that live on air We'll even send some to Albert's house and get him to try some as well. Great grapefruit IPA, was it? No, thank you. <laughs>
Right, we are going to finish that there. And then when we come back, we are going to be talking about the visit of Wolves to Sellers Park. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, so a bit of... um, Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, we played Villa and Villa had come off the back of a win. We'd come off the back of a win at Old Trafford and we were all talking about how exciting it was. (laughs) Well, this week is kind of the same thing with Wolves coming off the back of a 5-2 loss against Chelsea where they were 3-0 down at halftime and us coming off of the back of a, well, a 4-0 thumping at Spurs. Um, Let's stick with Wolves for now. I don't, Heskip, have you seen much of them this season? To be honest, I've, I've only seen them on Match of the Day here and there and I've listened to the 77 podcast, which is a Wolves podcast if you want to listen. And um, it's all seeming a little bit negative there, despite them doing well in the Europa League. Yeah, the the only game of theirs I've seen was when they played Everton, which was sort of a masterclass in how not to defend by both teams. Um, but it, same as you, I've only really seen them on like Match of the Day and that. But yeah, it, it does seem to be a bit negative. I've seen a few things on Twitter, which is obviously not, you know, the, the great barometer of of opinion, but I don't know any Wolves fans, so this is the best I can do. But they all seem to be a bit annoyed at him, uh, at the coach that is, for being a bit stubborn and you know not having a plan B, which sounds quite familiar. Um, but but on the flip side of that, they're doing all right in Europe, aren't they? So um, swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah, they were having the uh, the age old debate: Premier League or Europa League. Um, on their podcast saying what would you rather do get relegated and win the Europa League or you know get knocked out of the Europa League and stay in the Premier League um, so that's a normal debate as as per one person saying I'd rather win the Europa League and get relegated and the others saying oh no Premier League football is more important um, but they've, they've been saying two games in a row in the Premier League that they've been shocking in and uh, Connor Cody's been the weak link Albert and he was you know, he was one of their big players last season. Do you, they've failed to sort of like strengthen their squad. And do you, do you think that's going to cost them this year in terms of having to, you know, battle on several fronts? Well, yeah, like you say, it's the, it's the classic teams that, that are maybe, I don't use this lightly, but potentially overachieved in the Premier League, certainly in their first season, have now found themselves in a European competition. Um and, you know, coming up short at the weekend. Um, you know, it happened to, although be it like Burnley weren't, I don't think it was Burnley's first season back in the Premier League. You know, it was well documented that when Burnley were in the Europa League, you know, their their league form was absolutely atrocious. Because um, obviously you don't get much of a pre-season, your, your games start early and you've probably got a limited size squad, albeit Wolves have got better resources than Burnley. You know, they've got a, a, a decent side and we sort of saw what they did in the Premier League. The only time I've seen Wolves this season is the uh, the opening game against United where they scored the Weldie. I can't say I've watched them too much since and certainly haven't seen them in Europe. But, you know, it's it's the classic... It was, it was it last week we were talking about how, you know, Roy Hodgson had sort of said... European aspirations for us are sort of five, ten years or you know, ten years away. I mean, can you imagine if we if we were in the if we were in any sort of European competition, like, you know, we we barely struggled to fill a squad for a Premier League season. Like um I just as great as it would be and we'd all enjoy it and make the best of it, it would be you know, it could really be a death knell for your for your uh, your Premier League status. And again, that's the again you've alluded to it already, that's the sort of that's the debate that people have. Well, would you rather win this or go down? You know, not that you have to make a decision like that, but you know, in the Wolves' case, you know, you win the Europa League and get relegated, you'd be in the Championship and the Champions League at the same time. Can you imagine the chaos for the fixtures? Um, so let them get on with it, and hopefully, we can take advantage of them. You know, not not being in too great shapes, but you know, like I said, with with regards to Connor Cody, he is in my fantasy football team. Um, Unfortunately, might have to do something about that. Uh, you know, it's one of those games we kind of beat United away. We've scraped past Villa. We've had a right old tonking at at Spurs. Um, you look towards this weekend. I wouldn't know. I know I do have to make a prediction at some point, but I, I wouldn't like to make one in this very moment. Just to add something about Connor Cody quickly, 
because um, I know that the, the Wolves fans loved him last year. There was talk um, just before the Everton game, I think, actually, of him maybe getting a call up to the England squad and loads of Wolves fans getting pissed off because Tyro Mings got in instead. Um, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, how how good he is. And if he didn't play for Wolves, he would get into the England squad and all the rest of it. Um, and since then, he's been shit. Mm. So um, I guess twofold. One, I hope he continues to be shit on Sunday. But two, I'm quite glad then that James Tompkins didn't get an England squad last year when we all said he should, because maybe he would have had a massive downturn in form as well. Mm. But, you know, I was going to say that because Tyrone Mings obviously got called up to the England squad. And then I wanted to make a joke about Jordan, Jordan Ayew wrecking his career, but I, I, I feel like all the Jordan Ayew buzz and joy has wilted away from me after the 4-0 drop in at Spurs. So I'll, I'll stay away from that one. But obviously Wolves will be playing in Braga uh, Thursday night, which is one day after their recording. So Hesky, if that's, you know, that sort of tells you that before we even play, Wolves have to play a game. Um, and that they have to travel to Braga, come back. They've got a relatively small squad. Surely this has to play into our hands on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather they were doing that than they had a whole week off, you know, as normal. Um, and if you sort of factor in flying back to England and having, they must be having a rest day, etc. Um, that should that should help us. Um, obviously, if we turn up and or don't turn up and play as we did against Tottenham, then it's all a bit academic because I, I think we'll get turned over. But yeah, what you know, if they come in tired and on a bit of a slump in form, uh, even though yeah we got battered by Tottenham, you know, we we should feel that we can get a result. And if they come in like I say, yeah, tired and sluggish, then that should touch wood play into our hands it certainly should and um you know what one thing that Wolves fans were saying is that teams have started to suss them out this year and um, they thought it sort of started to happen when they had that bit of a downward turn in form in January and uh, December last year but uh they're saying teams now are coming and packing the middle against them and stopping their free-flowing football on the, particularly on the counter so Albert that kind of is good for us on one hand because they're saying teams have sussed them out, which means teams would set a plan to them. But obviously Hodgson sort of believes in Roy Ball, uh, much to the fury of Hambo. And, you know, he's he's got a philosophy and doesn't really set up to play against teams. But it sounds like from what the Wolves fans are saying that if you plug the middle against them, you're, they're going to struggle to create chances. And uh, that's where we're strong, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, I still, I still maintain that I'd rather we were, you know, we were playing them away. Um, I think, coupled with, you know, regardless of how they get on against Braga this weekend, you know, as you've said, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be more tired than us at the weekend, and you sort of feel if if we were going to their place, and if you know, if they if the first half an hour, forty five minutes wasn't going well for them, they'd have the home fans potentially getting on their on their case and you know we we exploit we exploit teams away on the break so you sort of you'd like to think that we'd take advantage of that uh, at our place it's a whole it's a whole different scenario you know they're i hate it's, it's rare that another team is the underdogs against us um but you know all things considered their form the fact they've been in europe this week you know uh, you know, we, we even even Sam's expecting us to get a result against. Whoa, 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 whoa! You said you said we should. We you think we got a good I said we should. Don't you put words in my mouth, yeah. fairly? Yeah, but that 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 makes me nervous. All right, I apologise. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, we, you'd like to think all the variables are in our, uh, uh, you know, are in our favour with regards to their sort of schedule and their form. But it's a home game for us. So, right, Heskiff, I'll tell you one thing. It's better knows. in putting words in your mouth than a curly. I'll tell you that much. You're all hideous for. I was, Can we have some decorum? <laughs> I was just going to say, um, you saying that the Wolves fans said teams have sussed them out. Uh, the, the, the game that we played up at Molyneux just after the new year, I thought we, we played that match perfectly. You know, we didn't really give them much opportunity at all. We really stop them from playing 
um, and took our chance when Jordan Ayew had it, marginally offside as he was, uh, and, and got the result. And, and obviously, Luca got the penalty to make it 2-0. But I remember on the way back from, from that game, because I was worried that they were going to batter us, as I always do. But I remember coming home from from that on the official coach with you, Terry. Big up, official um, coach represent. Big up, once a season at most, hopefully never again. Um, but yeah, we were just I just remember thinking that we we you know Roy got the tactics spot on that day, and you would hope if people, if, sorry, if teams have sussed them out, you would hope that we'd be able to do the same again. But like Albert said, when teams come to Sellers Park, we just seem to lose all ability to play good football. So who knows? Yeah, but then playing a three-four-three definitely leaves space in the flanks for us to get in behind. And um, I, I assume Saha will be out wide on one flank and um, hopefully it will be Schlupp on the other one. But before we get into that, um, last bit on Wolves, they say now one loss away from a meltdown. Um because obviously it will be now if they lose in the Premier League again, six games without a win. That's, um, I don't know. We know we can get out of that sort of form, but you, you obviously want that to end as quick as possible. And uh, we've had some contact in from Nick on Twitter saying the next two games for us are season-defining. Um, lose them and it's a relegation battle ahead. Win them and seventh to ninth is a possibility. Um, now, six, six, six points. Do you think that's possible over the next couple of weeks, Albert? Definitely possible. Um, again, we play Wolves in the most favourable of conditions. Uh, I mean, well, having said that, looking at the Norwich, <laughs> the Norwich performance at the weekend uh, was, you know, quite something. And you know, <laughs> having beaten Man City fairly recently, I could appreciate, uh, you know, what was on on display on the telly. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, you'd like to think that. It, Norwich, Norwich have obviously raised their game against against the champions and come out with a a, a, a much much deserved three points and a, a fantastic performance. Would will they raise their performance as much to to come and play us at Sellers Park? You'd like to think not, although you know not doing them any discredit. But yeah, six six points over the next two games is is looking at the two fixtures in isolation. If you said to me you you have to you got to put fifty quid down on on two consecutive games where you fancy us for six points, this would probably be the point where I did it. Um, so yeah, you know whether it's season defining if we get six points or don't get six points, if that's the difference between what was it seventh to ninth and relegation, I'm not sure I fully get on board with that. But yeah, as a as a two game back to back sort of fixture or fixtures, yeah. We should we should be aiming to get six points. You know, we should we really we, we need to improve our home form. Something needs to click up, you know, a bit more and, and get us sort of rocking a bit more at home. And and these are the two fixtures where you're hope you're hoping that Roy is trying to instill that into the team and and Zaha, who's ever so slightly performances are, in, are increasing game by game. You like to think that one of these games is where he really turns it on and, and drives us to a, a very convincing victory. Oh, very in-depth. I don't know what's going on here, Albert. You need to go to the pub more often. Very insightful. <laughs> See what happens when you drink good beer. <laughs> uh, so, um, Heskip, I touched on uh, Schlupp being in the midfield three there. And obviously, if you want to hear more in-depth touching of Schlupp in the midfield three, go to the <laughs> go to the review podcast and listen to Hambo just absolutely losing it on there or can you can you see him being there again this weekend or based on Townsend's performance and Schlutt's performance in the middle he's got to be pushed back out wide left and we've got to be looking back dependent on MacArthur be towards getting towards those Villa the lineup that started against Villa is what I'm trying to say yeah I think um not many players came out of the Tottenham game with much merit. I actually thought Wilf was quite good. Uh, I know there seems to be a bit of a pattern now of people just sort of trying to bin him off, I suppose, because of what happened over the summer. Um, but really, in the second half, he was the only person taking anyone on and doing anything of any positive note. Um, and I think, yeah, Schlupp wasn't good. Townsend, I don't think, has had a good start to the season. And normally, you know, we, we say about Roy that he's quite uh, stubborn. 
and doesn't change things. But he's he's changed it around a little bit this season, so it's a bit harder to predict where we're going to go with it. Um, and I think that, I mean, it won't happen, but I also think there's a case to be made for Luca to get dropped for a game or two because I don't think he's pulled up any trees either. Um, but I think not knowing whether Jimmy is back or not, I can see Luca and Czech both starting again. I would imagine he would put Schlupp out wide. Um, but like I say, because of the poor performance against Tottenham, it's quite difficult to see you know, the merits in playing any of them, which is quite yeah, harsh. But... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult for Roy because um, he's usually quite sweeping after a disappointing uh, result, and I, I don't know. Listen to his comments after the game. He didn't, he didn't sound that angry though. So I don't know if he'd be like very sweeping and cutting players out. If you think back a couple of years, Bert to Bristol City away in the League Cup, where we were, you know, he he was really, you know, scathing after that and cut players out. But on the flip side, we lost to Colchester with Camarasa and Max Meyer in the midfield, and it, I mean that seems to do for Max Meyer now because he's not even getting a sniff. But um, if he drops Luca, I don't really see, especially if McCarth is injured, who's he going to play in there? Because he obviously he's happy to have Kuyate in there, but then has he built up trust in McCarthy yet? Can he play? Does he see he wants to play Max Meyer in there or Victor Casamrasa in there after Colchester? So it's gonna. I think it's going to be a really interesting team selection to see what comes out. Um, as much as I agree with the sentiment that Luca probably could do with some time on the sideline, I, I can't see it happening at all. Um, he's had a, a particularly poor season up to date, and <laughs> it seems to be masked by the fact that you know everyone's talking about him being in the list of the most created chances in the Premier League this season. I think he's seventh or eighth on that list. But of course, that comes down to him creating six against Villa. And obviously, a created chance is only a pass that led to a shot. It doesn't take into account the quality of the shot or anything like that. And I think against Villa, it was a lot of crosses into the box that led to half or quarter chances, as it were. I can only ever I can only remember one being an actual decent chance. So... Um, on paper to other people, it might look like he's having a good season, but anyone who's been to every game and, and watched him for 90 minutes knows that there's there's definitely something not quite right. I was hoping that getting called up to the Serbia team might fix it for him, but not quite. It's a new contract curse. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe there was some signs of it towards the end of last season as well. A lot of people saying that, you know, because he scores a lot of goals from penalty kicks, he kind of covers up his flaws and so on. And maybe, maybe that's true, but... You know, we all thought this was going to be the season where we got even more penalties because of VAR, but we can't seem to get Wilf on the ball in the box. Um, Heskiff, I'm going to ask you about that because I've read on social media that there was a bit of abuse towards Wilf at the end of the game. Um, I I left early. <laughs> and when I say I left early, I as soon as the third goal went in, which coincided with me finishing my rant about the second goal, which actually I kicked the seat in front of me as well. And having the wife with me at the game, she just gave me a look of like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but, um, you know, it was it was always to do with Wilf right, getting the pick and the ball up wide right and then Joel Ward refusing to overlap him, which ended up with Wilf turning back in field and having to pass back. And then we got pressed and then we kicked it out of play and then they scored from that. And it was just, I was fuming because <laughs> it was like, if Joel Ward had just overlapped, it would have... Um, we wouldn't have been 2-0 down. We would have been on the attack instead. But everyone talk, I, I saw some people talking about Wilf having a good game, as you said, taking people on and being the only one who seemed to care. But then I saw people talking about him um, getting abuse whilst I was out back drinking Beavertown. Yeah, I mean, I, there, was no, there was no abuse of Wilf around where I was. Uh, but then I was right. I was literally the seat next to the Spurs fans. So I was trying my best to ignore anything that was happening on that side of me. Um but uh, I saw a few people say that he was the first down the tunnel without clapping and all that. And it's like, all right, maybe he was, but, you know, PVA came over and clapped us and he was shit. So uh, I don't I don't see what the point uh, that the person was making there. Like, all right, Wilf didn't clap us, but at least he was decent on the pitch. Uh, mate, PVA weren't coming over to clap you. He was trying to track down Serge Aurier. <laughs> um, but I felt... But, like I said, I don't know if people's opinion of Wilf this season is coloured by the whole 
you know, transfer request sort of thing, which we said at the time was really disappointing. And, you know, I, I wish he hadn't done it. And I think it was a, a bit of a shit thing to do. But realistically, he's still the player who's going to be able to turn a game out of nothing for us. And, you know, second half against Spurs, like I said, he was he was taking people on and trying to do trying to do a lot. Um, and he wasn't really getting much support, whether that was from the fullback, like you say, um, which I agree with. I mean, we know Ward's not Wan-Bissaka, but I don't remember him being particularly hesitant to get forward in the past. Um, or, or from you know other players sort of showing for him for a pass or moving into a, a space that he could give the ball to them. So he was sort of a bit of a one man army again um, against Spurs and us being you know four nil down just sort of didn't really didn't really um, figure on many people's radars, I suppose. But I mean, if there was abuse of Will from the crowd, I think it's disappointing because he. I don't think he's not trying. I don't think many players in the team were on form and he hasn't been, you know, as good as we know he can be, but um, I certainly don't think he doesn't care. Another player who wasn't really up to scratch this weekend, which arguably more understandably was Mamadou Sacco coming back from injury and being thrust into the first team because Martin Kelly is out injured. (laughs) That's a sentence I just said. Uh, Martin Kelly is probably, you know, covered himself in a bit of glory this season uh, in his performances at the back but of course he's now out injured and Albert this strikes up the which two of Sacco Tompkins and Cahill gets a nod now that they're all fit well luckily for us you know they're not always they're not always consistently available so you know Sacco and Tompkins injury records that you know they, they're always faces a spell on the sidelines Cahill's obviously slightly older than everybody and probably isn't expecting or expected to play every league game. Um, it's a tough one. I, you know, I can't say I've seen, I mean, obviously we haven't seen any real combination of Cahill with either of those two players, you know, in any sort of long, long term, um, in a long term way. So it's, it's, it's hard to judge. I mean, it's a nice problem to have. I mean, all three of them on their day on form would, you know, walk into most teams outside of the top probably eight. Um, once Sacco's up to speed and, and settled a bit more, we, we know Sacco and Tompkins is tried and tested. Um, you know, whether Gary Cahill can displace either of them remains to be seen. You know, the, the, the obvious person to displace is Tompkins, I think, maybe. I think Sacco, just Sacco's passing again on it on its day when Sacco's ticking his his passing is you know is a real uh, a real different edge sort of in our in our in our play you know he can he can ping a the straightest of through balls you know over the best part best part of like 30 yards and as as great as Tompkins is I think Sacco edges it in, in that sense um but yeah, long term. I'm. I, I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to choose a pair, so I'm not going to. Uh, what about three of them are together? Three at the back. Can you see? Can you see Roy getting that that fruity? Uh, no. Is is the short answer? <laughs> um, I think. Uh, you know, it, it just throws it throws everything. As as good as 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 good as a three centre backs that as that is. It, it, everything in front of it kind of, I'm not going to say falls apart, but you know where where do you put Wilf? You know who who plays on the right in the wing back position? Um, there's no real obvious. If if Wambasaka was still at the club, you know it kind of it's more it's it's more of an appealing prospect. But with the current state of our squad, I don't think there's anybody that I would trust or inflict playing the right wing back position on. But I'll tell you what, somewhere over the other side of the pond, Frank the Boar's probably sitting there looking at those three going, where was this when I was manager of Crystal Palace Football Club? <laughs> if only. Yeah, he could have picked any two of them and played Gyro Reed Wilder alongside them and it might have worked out. But there you go. So for me, I think it's Cahill's place to get probably once both Saka and Tompkins are up to speed because you know Roy has the trust in them. They you know, was Sterling last season for large majorities of the time and forged a really good partnership. So it'll be interesting to see um, 
what he ends up doing, especially further down the season. But as Albert pointed out, you know, Sakai and Tompkins are often <laughs> injured and in and out of fitness. So um, Cahill was certainly a good deputy, if if not the first team player that some might think that he will be after the, the displays that he's put in so far. So prediction time now. I think it, what was it last week? 1-0, 1-0 and 0-0 that we went for? Or 1-0, 0-1 and 1-0-0? I definitely said 1-0 with Sun to score. Mm. I was a bit annoyed when he did it after about five minutes, but there we go. In identical fashions as he's done in the past. Yeah. Um, and I think, actually, I think Bert went 2-1, if I remember correctly, to Palace. Yeah, something stupid like that. <laughs> well, not, not as stupid as 0-0, mate. Um, but there you go. I, saw, I spoke to the Spurs podcast and... Uh, it said we'll it'll be really tight unless Spurs figure out how to get some width into the game. And um, that's exactly what they did and uh, punished us down the flanks, which is where we are obviously weak. But this week, predictions, Heskiff, you can go. Um, oh, God, I don't know. One all, let's just say one all. Albert? And, sorry, Jordan I is going to score. Sorry, off you go, Albert. Well, that's, that's neither here nor there. You didn't need to say that. <laughs> uh I'm going to go even even duller, and I'm going to say uh, nil-nil. Nobody's going to score. Uh, just because this Jack Ham has really gone to my head and I was watching the playoff highlights from 1997 before the game, I'll go 3-1 Palace. Um, I think they're struggling a bit. Got lots of sort of semi-niggly injuries at the back. Not really sure what their best combination is. They've got the Europa League going on as well. And I think there's just they're all a bit unsure at the moment. And I don't think they've quite got to that crisis point at the moment where things will really have to change for them. Um, so that can come later down the line. We don't need to be the team this time around that really bows the team out by giving them an easy win. So... 3-1 to us and Jordan Ayew hat-trick, obviously, because let's face it, who else is going to score the goals? Look, if that were to be the case, Wolves and Villa are both playing in London this weekend. So hopefully, um, a bit like Villa probably will to Wolves, we can give them a good battering. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, that's almost your lot for this week. Uh, as always, please go and leave some reviews on your all your podcast outlets. Um, look out for the review show this week, which will be on Monday, as the game is on Sunday this week. Um, so Hambo will hopefully have calmed down by that point, and uh, otherwise he'll be doing the pod on his own as everyone else whimpers away from him. <laughs> Please head over to backofthenest.com and read the content there. Have a look around. Of course, you can send your voice clips in for the review show after the game. That's 0203 575 1766 on WhatsApp. And of course, follow us on at Back of the Nest on Twitter or on Instagram at Back of the Nest CPC, CPFC if pictures is your kind of thing. Albert, I'm very proud of you for drinking Camden Hells. Thank you for joining. Top 20 podcast. Top 20 podcast. Yeah. Um, share this around because we're we're very close to pushing into the all time top 20 football podcasts on iTunes I believe so um, yeah keep keep sharing around getting people to listen and joining the back of the nest family and uh, Heskiff um, congratulations on the new role and um, uh, I'm glad you've had a good day off but get back to work tomorrow you slob I know scumbag that I am uh, thank you very much uh, and uh, you know with the, the the top 20 thing if talking about Hambo's anger issues uh, and Albert's you know pornography which we have in the past doesn't get us in the top 20 i don't know what else we need to do so tell everyone to listen to the show and albert will say something controversial next week undoubtedly where next week we will be previewing the visit of norwich to sellers park um, where they're obviously you know we're gonna have to play them like their man city based on what we've seen in the last couple of weeks but um look until next week up the palace
Yes. Jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked. Jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked. I'm putting it through the soundbar. Oh, just, where was the yo, Bert? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was too busy just twerking. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. I told you about the time I met General Levy. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got a picture of it on your fridge? I thought you met MB. No. General Levy. Was he alongside the MB? No, he was alongside me and my brother. <laughs> See an aforementioned photo. <laughs> oh, the world was definitely in trouble then. <laughs> the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.